Hi guys, I'm Rich, one half of Beard and Bear. This is a message recorded on the 19th of June 2020. Due to ongoing revelations in the wrestling industry regarding currently emerging accusations against a number of UK independent WWE, NJPW and AEW wrestlers, we have felt compelled to affix this message to the start of our archived content. We have chosen to keep our archive content as is, for the purposes of transparency. Please be aware that discussions about wrestlers currently embroiled in the ongoing Britress abuse scandal were recorded before these revelations came to light. If you wish to hear our views on these accusations before you continue to listen to our archived content, please feel free to search for hashtag speaking out on our anchor.fm forward slash jfabe profile. In addition, on the back of recent protests and the Black Lives Matter movement, like everyone should, we have checked our privileges in context of what we have learned, particularly regarding sensitivity and microaggressions. I have discussed our past content with multiple people of various different races, creeds, religions, sexualities, genders um, from across our society, and feel some of it may not best reflect our views as they are currently held. However, This podcast has been left as it was originally released. Some opinions are kayfabe and are given by parody characters or personas that do not reflect the present views of Rich or Jay or the actors portraying them. Listener discretion is advised. Everything you hear from this point on is what was released on the original day of publishing. Thank you very much. Oh, I love this song. Um, you are listening to <laughs> night two of our two-night podcast, the only podcast we've ever done that is too big for one, apart from the Christmas special that's available at anchor.fm forward slash jfabe, as well as the one that we did a couple of weeks ago that was also in two parts. Um, so actually, it's not the only one, but so- we're going to say it's the only one because it's like a play on the WrestleMania thing. Jay, how you doing? No, I'm doing great, mate. How are you? I'm <laughs> really, really good, mate. <laughs> really, really good so, um, because yeah, really like the song. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, not bad, is it? If something dramatic was going to happen, I'd totally use this song. The whole world in his hands. Yeah, yeah. There are some situations where it would be relevant. Um, so you know, because um, <laughs> if you do like it when I get. <laughs> If you do like it when I get nice and relevant um, and very dramatic, then you can always listen to our special podcast that will be available probably on Friday. Um, Jesse the Body Ventura totally introduced that at the start of part one, which you should also probably listen to if you have any interest in hearing how much we rated night one. Um, It was somewhat, I think, is the answer. Um moving on from that (laughs) this is part two we're obviously looking at such great matches as Liv Morgan versus Natalia on the pre-show so you look forward to our opinions about that Jay you're on the gin I believe Um, I am now yeah nice I'm on I'm on Jack Daniels Tennessee with honey um blah blah whiskey Um, my god let us know what you've been drinking on Twitter. Uh, you can get in contact with us and tell us how smashed you are right now listening to us get nicely toasted. 
Yeah. Tuesday evening. Tuesday evening. Well, it is during lockdown. Um, how are you finding lockdown? Well, yeah, yeah, you're enjoying your daily walk. Yeah, yeah. Enjoying um enjoying your social distancing. I mean I'm I'm used to that anyway. <laughs> nice. Very, very, very nice. Um yeah, no, I'm finding it um painful. Right. I mean there was that day last week when I was like, this is getting to me. Like, what's going? <laughs> yeah, no. It's to be fair. It's, I mean, it's. I suppose it all kind of gets rammed home though when you kind of um, look at the situation that the UK is in right now. I mean, as of um, as of ten to eleven on the seventh, um, our prime minister of all people is currently in intensive care with coronavirus, um, and that situation is still ongoing. May even be dead by time we. Um, publish this. Can I say that? Yeah, you may be. You may be. It could go either way, and that's um, that's you know, that just kind of emphasises the importance of staying at home and um, saving lives by protecting the NHS, um, which I think I said out of order, but it doesn't matter. It's important. Basically, the yeah. message is stay the fuck at home. Yeah, stay the fuck at home, guys. Don't be dicks. Even though I go on my my daily walks. Well, yeah, daily walks are important. (laughs) Mental health is very important at the moment, but you've just got to make sure that you don't stop and sit on a bench at all. Yeah, yeah. don't do that. Yeah, Yeah, don't do that because, you know, then the the bench has coronavirus and then, like, other people might get coronavirus (laughs) from sitting on the bench later, um, which they shouldn't be doing as well. Um, And, you know... You might get coronavirus off the police officer who comes and hands you a fine for sitting on said bench. So, yeah, it's it's dangerous world out there. Um, pre-show, Liv Morgan versus Natalia. What did you think to this? Uh, Natalia made Liv Morgan look like a fucking million bucks, didn't you? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, to 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 a degree where you can actually try and make her look good. I mean, she's yeah not great in the ring, but Natalia did her best to put her over in that match. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that's um, that's fair. She did a really good job of putting her over. Um, it was a fairly short match, um, but it was more substantial than the previous night's kickoff. Um, to be fair, there was a good bit of chain wrestling in there as well, which um, I didn't quite expect. And out of the two kickoff matches, in <clears> fact, <throat> you mean the, the chain wrestling when Natalia got up saying that's all me, that was all me. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty. Which it pretty good. much was. Yeah, um, that it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. I I enjoyed this match quite well, um, more so than I did some of the matches that were later on the card. Um, if I'm utterly honest, but um, yeah, no, I was quite happy with this match. Um, it was fine pre-show match. Um, moving on, uh, it, it didn't last very long. I suppose is one of the other other pluses um, because pre-show matches we always hope that they don't last too long. Um, this one in particular lasted 6 minutes and 25 seconds the longest, the second longest match sorry, of um, the card happened next though, which of course was Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship um, first off that, Rich, yeah. what is your favourite pre-show match? 
My favourite pre-show match of all time. Of all time. Oh, this one we're talking about. (laughs) 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 No, I don't know. I don't have what. What's yours? Ryback and Kalisto. Ryback and Kalisto. Yeah. Yes, I... Ooh. I quite liked, um... I quite liked the, um... 30-man over-the-top battle royal where Bray Wyatt helped Matt Hardy win at the end. Just for that moment where Bray Wyatt was was revealed. That was a fantastic moment, and if only WWE had decided to run with it rather than what they did. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, some of my favourite pre-show matches are ones that you wouldn't expect. Uh, Rusev Rusev Shinsuke Nakamura I actually quite enjoyed at um, Royal Rumble 2019. Um, I quite enjoyed that. I thought it could have been better, but it wasn't a bad match. Um, obviously there's all of that period where the Cruiserweight Championship was exclusively contended for on the pre-show um, particularly culminating in that um, dream match between um, Austin Aries and Neville which sadly um, Austin Aries was booked badly for um, but you remember that match? I do, it was alright I mean, it was, one that's done for me 205 is as Alexandra Alexandra Cedric Alexandra and uh, Billy Murphy, their series is pretty awesome. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, both of those are absolute fire in a bottle. Um, It's just a case of marketing them right. Or alternatively, just surround them by a load of other small people and hope somehow they'll become stars. I don't know, Vince McMahon. Sometimes you perplex me. <laughs> WrestleMania. <laughs> Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair. We got a second night of Stephanie McMahon doing that thing where her upper body doesn't look like it's fully connected to her lower body. Um, and she just kind of stands there smiling. Maybe it was like, Maybe it was Robo- Robethany. Robethany. <laughs> That's it. That's, she's becoming a character. Steph That's Bob. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robethany, the Steph Robethany. Bot. <laughs> Robethany the Steph but wow that's <laughs> <laughs> what happens I, sometimes I, folks this is how it happens <laughs> <laughs> think of a voice Jace you, you do this one <laughs> uh, I want it now that's what you want isn't it what the voice yeah 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 alright Moving on swiftly. <laughs> that didn't sound like her at all. That was rubbish. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, um, NXT title. Now, I suppose my first question for this match is, do you think had the situation have been different, there would have been space for Adam Cole, Bebe, um to be on this card as well, defending the men's? I mean, if we're looking at equivalency, that would have been the logical thing to happen, wouldn't it? Was he not built for NXT? Would it been, would it been Dream and Adam Cole? Oh, I believe that was what they were building for. Oh, right. um, but, yeah. Still I still could have had it on here. Like... Yeah, I, I, I feel that there was a couple of matches that could have could have fallen by the wayside in order to make that happen, at least, um, given the circumstances. But, obviously, um, Otis and Dolph need their payday. <laughs> and, I didn't mind yeah. this match. So yeah, what what the um, the Charlotte Flair Ripley one? 
another Otis Dolph. But oh, that's that's a little while yet. We've, yeah. we've got we've got other matches first. Um, so we're right, Charlotte, Charlotte Flair. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so this went on for twenty minutes and thirty seconds, um, and I was mesmerised, Jay. And you know that's hard to do with me with with the female form. Um, honestly speaking, I sometimes I'm one of those people who kind of fast forward women's matches. Sometimes I didn't have any problem with this match. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The only women's matches that I usually watch in full um, are ones that have Bailey and Sasha Banks in because I think they are fucking epic. Um, but no, they this was are, pretty. Yeah. yeah. They are. This, um, this, this match, I thought that Rhea Ripley didn't think, do herself any favours. I thought she was overreacting and overacting. And I thought that she put over Charlotte uh, Flair with no return. Um, yeah, to some degree, there was. Though it did feel like she got buried towards the end, definitely. Um, I mean, I get the story that was being told, which was regardless of Rhea Ripley's size. Charlotte Flair is such an in-ring tactician that she went for Ric Flair's old style of chopping down the tree and hitting with a big submission um, towards the end or getting ready for a big submission towards the end and, you know, obviously yeah. um, forcing... forcing um, I mean, it was a bit of a clinic the in there. Yeah. In the whole work on the leg, yeah. go for the knee, etc., etc. It was the quintessential that type of match and I think to some degree this was almost a um, this was almost a can you hang kind of situation for Rhea Ripley um, kind of can, can but the way it finished was like you can't you're buried you're done that's how it felt for Rhea Ripley to have a physically tap out you mean none to physically tap out it was <clears throat> the way it was portrayed to me, what was happening in the ring? Um, you had Charlotte Flair controlling most of the match. Mm. Uh, Rhea Ripley had a bit of a comeback to some of the uh, moves that she was doing, but it, her arsenal did seem to consist solely of hope spots. Exactly, which would then put over Charlotte Flair and the whole grand scheme of things. But when you're trying mm. to build a new star, you just sort of buried her in the, in, the, in the same in the same match while trying to build her. If that wasn't the intention, yeah, I think it very much depends. Because I mean, Rhea Ripley was crowned obviously in glorious fashion back in December, um, and she has been riding a very thorough wave since then. Um, it would be hard for Rhea Ripley to go over Charlotte fully without there being some kind of back and forth return. I think it very much depends on whether Rhea Ripley is the person who goes after Charlotte and gets the belt back eventually. If that's the case, and this is just a piece of long-term storytelling of which we have just seen the first act, then I'm fine with that. I'm fine with what we've just seen. But what I would expect to happen would be... um, what I would like to see is a second match between Charlotte and Rhea that ends in this time Rhea passing out rather than tapping out. And then a third match where Rhea targets Charlotte's legs and lower back and ends up tapping out Charlotte to the cloverleaf. 
which would be the payoff. In the that end. would be the payoff. Yeah. Um, if that's what they do, then this is not a burial. That's the logical way to tell that story. At the same time, I don't think the WWE are thinking that far in advance at the moment. And I don't think they have been for a very long time. So I think that this could very well be, okay, what's going to be the next opponent for Charlotte Flair to have um, that's a dream match um, NXT-wise, which obviously we know is probably going to be... Um, Shayna Baszler or something. Um, I don't know. But well, Shayna Baszler is on Raw now, isn't she? So it's Bianca Belair. Uh, well, never mind then. But you know, it would but Charlotte be, said it that she's be... going to be defending the title on all three brands. Okay. Well, yeah. The lo- the logic would be that you know you would kind of keep that story going with Rhea, but I could very much see. I could very much see WWE just having a play variety show and just facing everybody. Because Charlotte Flair seems to have that position where whenever she has a belt now, she can just go wherever the fuck she pleases. Like she did last time, so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Mm. Yeah. Um, do you think Charlotte will be considered the next kind of free agent style, like John Cena style? Um, I mean, I'm not just talking about when she's holding a belt, but do you think she could eventually get to the level where she is that kind of free agent that just kind of goes between the shows as much as she wants and nobody bats an eyelid at it? Because I can see that happening. But then that would take away from the no roster will be on the other show. Yeah, I suppose... I suppose it's a difficult one, but from my perspective, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of thinking about Charlotte. At some point, I mean, how old is she now? I don't know. Let's find well, out. Well, yeah, let's have a quick look. Um, so she's 34 years old. Okay, um, she's already got enough collagen in her face that she's starting to look like a mask of a clown hanging in the back of um, that dude's house on Tiger King. Um, you know, those are some really kind of bony cheeks going off. Um, she's definitely aging, is what I'm saying. She's kind of only got another couple of years before. If she does want to, if she does want to maybe start a family, then it would be a good idea too. If that makes sense. I mean, I assume that she's she's not been preggers yet, has she? I don't think so. But then at some point she kind of has to cross that boundary because otherwise it's gonna to start to get a bit risky. I mean, I know we shouldn't really be talking about this on a wrestling podcast, but apparently it was fair game for everyone to do it to Ronda Rousey, so I'm doing it for Charlotte Flair. She's thirty four. You know, give it another three or four years, and the likelihood of, you know, there being complications will significantly increase. I could see her entering that prize fighter stage of her career sooner rather than later. Um, I know that sounds really peculiar to be talking about a 34 year old like that, but it could happen. I guess so, Rich. I guess I guess you're all right there. Could happen. She could want babies and stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Loud noises. So yeah, um, stick that in your comrade and fill it full of 
cheese, I guess. Um, it was, yeah, it was an alright match. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I couldn't stop watching. I love Liv Morgan's um, Dragon Ball attire. That was very clever. Rhea um, Ripley. Sorry, Rhea Ripley's Dragon Ball attire. That was very, very clever. Um, wasn't so clever for me to get my women confused, but, you know, I'm, I, it's very rare that I get the opportunity to get my women confused, so it's fine. Um <laughs> <laughs> After that, we had um, Alistair Black um, and Bobby Lashley um, playing, having a um, having a battle to see who gets lost in the mid card first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you think? What? Yeah, it was all right. I mean, yeah, it was all right. Sort of okay. It told a decent story. Um, I mean, it was only seven minutes. Um, How long before it wasn't you get a bad match, match, basically. Yeah, basically, it was the same story that Alistair Black's um, matches have told since before he was Alistair Black. Um, it's <sighs> the only thing that really confused me is that Lana's starting to look less like Lana. I don't know if you noticed that. Why? Because she's dyed her hair. She's dyed her hair, and now she looks as generic as everyone else somehow. Okay. In fact, for the first twenty minutes, for the first like ten minutes on screen, I thought it was actually um, Zelina Vega, and then I was like, "Oh, he goes for him quick." <laughs> but then I realised it was still Lana, um, and then I realised that it'd be really weird because uh, I did spend the first half of this match thinking, "Guys, it's really weird that they put Alistair Black in opposite her," um, you know. But then, which you know, it's just one of those things. But yeah, it was an alright match. It was. Not too shabby, but you could tell who was doing the heavy lifting. I'm obviously talking about Michael Cole. Yeah, no, because he you know did all the heavy lifting in that match. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you get my point. It, it, it um, yeah, no, it was an all right match. It was an all right match. It wasn't. It wasn't going to change the world, but. It, it proved to the audience that Alistair Black can hang with a big man, um, which I suppose is quite important because, I mean, coming out of the Monday Night Raw um, after WrestleMania, it looks like the direction with Alistair Black seems to be that he's going to be one of the first people for um, Braun Strowman to stick his flag in. Uh, is that something that you're aware of? Um, they have faced down each other, have they not? Isn't... As Dirt Black on Raw and Braun Strowman on SmackDown. Um, I don't. I'm pretty sure I've seen it. I'm pretty sure I've. Oh no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Um, I must have completely misread that screenshot. Um, yeah, no, it was Apollo Cruz. <laughs> How can I get those two confused? Based on Raw, good match. Really good man. Yeah. But now, um I've I've heard somewhere that the plan is actually to send him after um Strowman, but that might just be what culture be and what culture. Um should we move on anyway? Otis, Dolph Ziggler, eh? Hey, 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 women, hey? Back to being back to being arm candy, eh? Hey? Their their storyline, a woman's revolution, but like yeah, that like at least forty percent of the women's roster are now just valets. 
or or all of their plot points revolve around men and who they're sleeping with. Eh? Eh? Women's Revolution. Yeah, it went back, didn't it? Remember when... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's the feeling I get, because they do t- talk a big game about the Women's Revolution, but I did notice that the majority of women on these two shows... Um, on the on these two shows at the moment are usually hanging off a man like the majority of screen time given to women is usually that unless it is kind of the main kind of big kind of six or seven female wrestlers and that's that's becoming very noticeable when we've not had this type of um this type of interaction for a long time um and now all of a sudden you've got what three storylines involving women at the center of them, um, or at least three kind of male tag teams that involve women at the center of them. Jay, Rich, did you did you get all that? I didn't get that. I was saying, I was saying, doesn't it seem weird that you've got like kind of three storylines going on at the moment, or at least three male stables or groups of males that that all revolve around women and the impact that those women are having on them? Um, in the case of obviously Otis and Dolph Ziggler, you've got Angel Garza and Austin Theory with Selena Vega, yeah. and of course Theory. you've got um, yeah, Sorry. you've got um, Lana as well with. I said Theory. Oh, I thought it said Theory. Um, no, but I wish I had now. <laughs> I am the Austin fairy. Oh, we got another character. character. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anyway, Otis and Dolph Ziggler, they went out. What did you think to the build to this match? Obviously, there's the Otis is a fat guy and shouldn't be dating a hot girl kind of angle. Uh, I don't really um, care for the storyline. It's one of the storylines I don't enjoy in wrestling, but I like the fact they got to actually end the storyline at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's fair. Got to tell the story, basically. Um, Ended on the biggest show of the year. So so that's cool. Yeah, no, that's fair. It was nice to see Otis. I mean, obviously, it played well with the fans. Um, Otis is a very sympathetic character, and I think he's really been able to show some of his more comedic chops. Uh, He's slightly cheesy, but that's the joke. Um, He's still believable. Yeah. And that's... That's very often the difference between what makes a kind of bad kind of fat guy character and a good fat guy character. Um, Otis is fully believable and it's it's kind of he's very sympathetic, so that's nice. Um, what do you think to what do you think to Dolph Ziggler at the moment? Dolph Ziggler. Well, he's just a do what we say guy now, isn't he? When he made all that big fuss, they gave him a new contract, said they're going to put him into the limelight, and he's not. <laughs> he's not doing anything different, is he? Nope. Not at all. There's nothing really changed. Just kind of plodding along. He's got more money. Yeah. And that was it. That's fair. I guess. Um, he wanted more money to yeah. do nothing. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree with that. Hmm. Um... Otis obviously ultimately got his got his WrestleMania moment um, as him and Rose reunited towards the end after it was revealed, obviously that um, Sonya Deville was a bit of a bitch, um, and 
that was pretty much it. Do we do we think we will ever find out who the who the secret hacker on Raw what on SmackDown was? Michael Cole. Or do you reckon it's the anonymous <laughs> Raw general manager? <laughs> it was Michael Cole all along. Oh, it's, it better not turn out to be fucking Hornswoggle. Killer Cross would be better, but I could see them going either way. To be fair. Hornswoggle or Killer Cross, there we go, two options. <laughs> well, now, have you got a camera in Vince's, in Vince's office? Because that's probably a conversation that happened. What? Sorry, it went a bit weird there. Yeah, you've, something's going on with your line, mate. I keep on getting really loud clicks down the phone. Don't don't know why it hurts when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, where was I? Um, yeah, I can't remember where I was, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the annoying thing about this entire thing. The coolest character to come out of this entire situation is the anonymous hacker, which WWE will use as a plot contrivance and definitely not reveal as being anybody. Well, I mean, they've got to explain it somehow. Right, could be Shelton Benjamin. Oh, he's doing nothing. So, well, yeah, there was that period where he was looking around like a crazy person when people asked him questions, but that kind of died. Yeah, I mean, what was that about? No one's ever gonna know. No one's ever gonna know. Um, I maybe, maybe. That guy with pen, <laughs> that guy with pen on his face, whatever his name was, has um, has has decided to hang up his pen and get out the keyboard. Roger Rolly. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's in that he's in that same bin as um Zack Ryder and Dash Wilder and all of those people. Yeah, but there's like actual talent there, apart from Roger Rolly. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, they're they're only one one step above Jinder Mahal, who isn't even that good. Like, yeah, I know. Going to give you the championship because um, part in Indian Cause politics. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> politics, mate. That's. What I mean, it is. if you get it, um, I mean, I don't think you're going to complain. How you got it? <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I, I, the funny thing is, I don't think he was a bad heel champion. He wasn't a bad heel champion. He had the whole because Seth I Rollins hated the fuck off. out of him. To rehash that storyline, and I mean, I don't think he's a bad wrestler. Um, I just don't think he's a notable one. We're talking about Jinder Mahal, True right? Story, though. <laughs> oh dear me um, right then time for a break and then we will go into our final stretch where we talk about the final four five five matches um, sorry the final four matches of Wrestlemania Night 2 and the one pre-show match that seemed to just wander in and just take a dump on my screen um, find out which match that is <laughs> fairly shortly <laughs> we I come like back that. 
<laughs> but you know which one I'm talking about, Jay. You know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> Be right back, guys. Hey, guys. It's me, Taz. You know, Taz, Taz. I'm like super popular everyone loves me on this podcast and on twitter as well um, you can find me on twitter at tundra chaz or alternatively you can speak to richard j that is at not a time duke or at i am not a robot where the o's are zeros um respectively um please feel free to get in touch with us or listen to some of the shit going on on our anchor thing um, that's anchor.fm forward slash jfabe. Um, in addition to that, you can always feel free to um, stay at home. Um, yeah, at the moment we're all staying home because of planet Earth and its coronavirus. So that's a thing. That's happening. Um, we're just in the retardus, um, just flying, just flying around the um, flying around the stratosphere at the moment. Just above the earth, keeping it safe from aliens. If you want to hear about how that happened and how we ended up there when we were all in such disparate places in Richard's, um, in, in, in the JFABE universe, in the, in the previous story that's been told, then you need, to, you need to tune in and listen up to the special that's landing soon. Anyway, I'm going to let you all, all go back to listening to the podcast, listening to Rich and Jay talking about wrestling is a so good thing so good thing um yeah my name's Taz whoopie doo <laughs> how do I turn this thing off oh we are back for the final of our epic two part Wrestlemania recap um, obviously the next match coming up is um, yeah it's, it's obviously the Street Profits versus Angel no 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 it's um, Edge versus Randy Orton in the last man standing match um, Jay what are your thoughts on this whole kerfuffle um, well let's talk build first of all how great is it to see Edge back in singles competition yeah, I mean, I was lucky enough. Um, did you get a chance to catch um, the second mountain? Did actually. Um, yeah, I, I was. Last night. I was lucky well, enough to um, realise that they'd actually um, accidentally unblocked it before the premiere, um, so it was actually available on the entirety of WrestleMania Day. Um, on Sunday, so you could watch it early before its official premiere on WWE.com. Um, yeah, didn't do that. yeah, no, I I didn't either. I just started watching it, and then afterwards, I was like, "Hang on, this hasn't even premiered yet." But I really enjoyed that documentary. Um, I I didn't realize how much I love seeing Edge wrestle, um, but he was kind of a bit of a stalwart for quite a while, wasn't he? Yeah, you mean slightly complacent, right? Um, no, I guess that's not what I. No, well, he was he was one of those guys who he appeared so frequently that it was easy to forget what was special about him. 
Right. Yeah. I think is is kind <clears throat> of where he kind of was by the time he had left left the company. I mean, obviously, I I got choked up when he left, as as did anybody else. Um, but I mean, certainly from my perspective, it was one of those things, I guess. Um, I'm back. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's cool. Um, so, so podcasting, Jay. Um, this this a thing we do sometimes. Right. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no. Um, but yeah, no. I I very much saw. Um, I very much saw him as kind of somebody who was so consistently there that it was kind of hard for me to appreciate. And having him having him being gone for nine years now, and seeing him back, I am. It's almost relieved. I I I realised that I always felt I was in self safe hands when I was watching one of his matches, and this match was a good example of that. How about you? Yeah, no. Uh, for me, um, I was banging about how I like AJ Styles, but I actually think Edge is one of my favourite wrestlers, and I didn't realise that. I didn't either, but I'm in exactly the same boat. Um, I I can't believe how much I've missed him and how great this it was to see him in this match. Um, so. This match has been a contentious issue for a lot of people um, for various reasons. Um, some people said it was a bit of a disappointment. Um, and don't some, see how they could say that. To be I fair. don't either. Bell to um, bell. It was the best match of WrestleMania. I, I am kind of there. Um, granted, my favourite segment of WrestleMania didn't have any bells in it, but Definitely, probably the best match, the be, the best, the best in arena match of WrestleMania. I would say, um, thoroughly enjoyed every second of it. Um, what 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 are your thoughts to the um, to the comparisons to the Chris Benoit tragedy? Um, yeah, I that thought that made. straight away. <laughs> I thought that straight away. When the I just had in in the um... weight belt. We'll say that. We'll say we'll call them weight belts. Um, what was it? <clears throat> You're more likely to exercise than me. I'm a fat guy who sits at home and eats chicken. Um, I've forgotten what it's called actually, but you uh, use oh. those restraints to pull basically the weight up. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Called. So a lot of people said that obviously it did bring back memories of the whole Chris Benoit tragedy because of yeah. um, anybody who was. Um, lucky enough or unlucky enough to see um, Dark Side of the Ring um, last week will attest um, the method of Chris Benoit's death was very similar um, not going to the was probably, probably not uh, I don't think it was I think it was probably so distant to both of them that it probably didn't even register it was more a case of we're here at the performance centre let's utilise the entire building and they did very very well yeah um so there's quite a few high spots in this match um feel free to list yours because i i stole your thunder last time i listed my high spots you can crack on with that oh fair <laughs> play um well i loved i loved the section with the with the weight belt obviously um the match then went into the boardroom where edge pulled off an absolutely fantastic um elbow drop elbow from drop, yeah 
Yeah, from um, some steel mesh that was on the ceiling. Um, I don't know if that was specifically there or whether it had been reinforced for that. I mean, it was laid out so it looked like just standard decoration for the for the um, boardroom in, in question. Um, so that was kind of good. Um, in addition to that, you've also got um, the movement into the warehouse section um, where there was a slight continuity error, um, which was fairly glaring. Um, I don't know if you noticed it. Jay, did you spot the continuity error? No, carry on. So they brawl into the um, interview area, and there is a bloke stood there with what looks like the oh. meatiest camera on yeah. the planet staring down at him, um, staring down at Edge, and then there's a camera cut, and when it cu- cuts back, um, he's no longer there. Um, did and you that also was notice the guy job. in the room as well? On the right side, when they went, when, they, when it was in the um, boardroom as well, there was a guy on the right side. Like, oh yeah, in this room with the door open. Oh, we looked around the corner. View. Looked like Finn, then, Finn, Finn Finley. Just moves out of the way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was kind of cool. Um, it was obviously he was very aware of the social distancing there. Um, so good, good on him. Good on him. <laughs> um, uh, the match then ended up um, on top of a um, articulated lorry, or as people would call it um, in the US, a semi. Um, oh, we're missing the the table spot. Oh yeah, there. Yeah, there yeah. the was so a table, a, the table spot. spot. He climbed the ladder, jumped off a higher platform. <laughs> Elbow drops mm. through two tables, but I think with all the dressing over it, the black dressing, there's probably some more padding underneath that. Quite possibly. Uh, my immediate thought, though, when I heard that was um, when I saw that was um, flashing back to him on um, the. Um, the second mountain where he said oh I'll just have to tell more nuanced stories now where I'm not diving through tables and thumbtacks it's just like the very first singles match you have is a 38 minute last man standing <laughs> where you dive off tables and, uh, and end Visually, up fighting on top of an article it looked fantastic um, he, he hasn't missed a step as he is training regimen um, obviously has been has been bang on yeah which we, if you've seen the documentary which you saw with um, Dash Wilder and also Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix, yeah. Um, very, very cool um, to see him in such good shape and, and wrestling to such a high standard. Um, towards the end of the match, they ended up on top of that semi truck. Um, there were this segment to me was the only kind of bit that felt a bit ploddy, um, but it's like do they it ended... get the chairs the first time or? <laughs> um, I'm under the impression they may have forgotten the chairs the first time because Randy had to climb down and go get some chairs and yep. then come back up. But you'd think they would have just edited around that if it wasn't part of the. I missed all of that second. It didn't take anything away from me at all. No, it didn't. Um, I would have thought if it was that big of a glaring issue, they probably would have. Um, they probably would have edited around that, but again, this this was a match that did feel like that Rowdy Roddy Piper fight in They Live, um, which I really wish you'd seen because it was it was so fucking close to that um, in regards to the feel of the thing. And um, I also noticed that the commentators um, took a back seat to allow the drama to unfold, and for me that worked. Um, it was almost like it was a hybrid match between the more cinematic style that we saw the previous night. Um, in the Undertaker and AJ Styles Boneyard match, um, it was a hybrid style between that and the in in arena stuff, and I feel that it w- it worked really well because of that. 
thoroughly agree with you. I'm thinking it worked better without a crowd as well. Um, yeah, um, I think again this this very much like um, the ladder match. I feel um, is a great example of what an empty arena match could be. Um, if anybody had ever actually bothered to think one through before, just saying, "Oh, wouldn't it be good if it was in an empty arena?" Um, you know, I think I think that it was so well paced um, and it was so meaty that this out of all of the matches there this will be able to go onto the WWE network as part of any clip show and not need any explanation as to the circumstances at all because within seconds you've forgotten about it could this be one of the best matches they've ever had um I would be inclined to say possibly. Um, I mean, it's certainly one of Randy Orton's best matches of the last ten years, <laughs> just because he actually put put, put some effort in. Um, he did he but, put a lot of effort. In. <laughs> he really did. Um, it does make a nice change because you can get one of one of three Randy Ortons. You can get the one who actually cares, the one who doesn't, and the one who shits in bags. Um, and this was definitely. Definitely the one who cared um, what this product looked like at the end. So no, I, I I don't see how this ends up with a C minus on the website that I'm looking at. Um, I don't understand it because I I thoroughly enjoyed every second of it. Get your finger out, CBS Sport, CBS Sport, Sport CBS. Um, yeah, it's CBS Sports actually. <laughs> I'm looking at. Um, yeah. Um, after I this, don't know that. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you're maybe you're reading off the same crib right, sheets. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> of course, after that, Mojo Rawley ran out from the backstage area, <laughs> um, trying to escape numerous challengers for the twenty-four-seven championship. Rob Gronkowski jumped into the crowd of wrestlers from the perch dive, and Gronkowski um, defeated Rawley twenty-four-seven championship. Um, I think I went to the toilet and missed that. Yeah, I missed that completely. <laughs> I went for a, I like after that. I think I made a fish finger sandwich actually and stuck it on pause for a little while. Um, and then I came back to a pre-show match, um, which of course was the Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Austin, <laughs> and Austin the Fairy Theory. Um, Apparently that gets a grade C plus on CBS Sports. Um, apparently this was better than the Edge and Orton match, which I think is <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, like <laughs> I I stick by what I said earlier. This match did feel like it had just fallen off the pre-show down the card for no reason at all. Um, like somebody had just forgotten they put that post-it note there. It's because they want the smoke. Quite possibly. Um, what do you think to that whole "we want the smoke" thing? I mean, we know it's. I mean, we know that it's a um, smoke machine. <clears throat> they want a smoke machine. Uh, it's it's uh, what they yeah, want when they come yeah, out. Smoke machine. Uh, the Sunday want the smoke. Yeah, is that is that what that means? That's exactly what it means. I mean, maybe they've convinced <laughs> maybe they've convinced Vince McMahon that that's what it means. <laughs> And that's why he's allowing it to happen because it is a a very clear gang and drug reference right there. Um, I mean, yeah, well, drug references are allowed now, right? Because cannabis is legal in the US. 
in most states. Um, yeah, but it's not it's not really traditionally considered a reference to cannabis. I believe it's more kind of a meth kind of thing. Really? That's my understanding of it. Um, and also an illegal gang fight kind of thing. Um, it may also... Uh, yeah, the smoke from a gun. Who knows? Let's 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 see what Urban Dictionary says. Um, we want the smoke meaning. Um, oh oh oh! It's it's a hip hop phrase used by a member of a group to signal they are ready to battle. Um, it originally referred to gun battles, but is now used to friendlier challenges. Yeah, well, the more you know. Exactly, exactly. You've learned something today, guys. You've learned something. Um, that match was shit. Let's move on. <laughs> Unless you've got any thoughts about Not it. Not really. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was alright. No? I mean, it was there. It was a match. It was a pre-show match, though, wasn't it? It was something before the next match, which was not that great. Um, SmackDown Women's Championship came after that. Bailey as the champion defending against Sasha Banks, Lacey Evans, Tamina, and Naomi. For me, this was the best women's match on the entire fucking card and would be within my top three, maybe four on the card. Must be watching um, a different match. Over. Do I need to go back and watch this again? Because I did not like this match. Did you not? Yeah. Oh, fair play. What was your... what? Just the usual stuff. Mm. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I thoroughly I enjoyed it. Um, Tamina don't... Tamina going yeah. out early on was a bit like everyone going up and there was just a usual WWE shtick for a bigger person to get rid of them. Yeah, that's fair. Well, to be fair, WWE does have a habit of putting big people in matches where they can't hold their own weight. Um, and unless... Unless Tamina has secretly been um, parading, well, unless Tamina has seek, has been painting herself white and going out and wrestling as that fat bird off NXT UK, that was a bit to the knuckle, wow. wasn't it? I'm keeping it. Um, yeah, unless she's been secretly doing that, I literally cannot think of why they would want to keep her in for much longer than to be a big bull. Nijax is back now, so yeah, exactly. So she'll be she'll she'll enjoy being a valet to her forever. It's okay, their family. Are they? Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Are they really? Like distant cousins, I guess. I mean, Nijax is oh, apparently okay. cousin of Dwayne Johnson, which would then. Yeah. Make them family, right? Well, I don't know. If they did, then they snuckered that one in there. Oh, see, we did there. <laughs> but yeah, no, I generally didn't know there was a relation. Sure. No, yeah, there um, is, yeah. Familial or otherwise. Because of this, maybe. Um, oh, okay. Oh, cool. Um, Lacey Evans, Sasha Banks, and Naomi all. Um, and Bailey, of course, all ganged up on her, 
and eventually pinned her to get her out of the ring um, fairly quickly. After that, um, it ended up as almost a two-on-two at times um, with Sasha Banks and Bailey um, facing against Lacey Evans and Naomi. Um, this went on for a little while. There was some kind of back and forth. Um, yeah, I kind of just enjoyed the psychology of this match. So what am I not seeing? <laughs> I, I did not get any of that. I find it quite boring, did and not? it was just a setup. Bailey versus Sasha on the road. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, that was ultimately it. But um, I suppose because I haven't been watching the product so well, I haven't had much of an eye on who I thought was going to win. Um, so I went into this under the impression of it could be anybody's. Um, and for me, that was a good thing. I suppose the thing that came know, out of this match for me was the I thought Sasha Banks would have stabbed me in the back. To get the title, but that was the expected what result, she did was wasn't it? Help her win instead. So the backstab is going to come down the road. Oh mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's clearly going to happen. I think Bailey. I think that Sasha is coming out of this as the face, and Bailey staying as the heel. So I think how I will book it, um, and this is you can pretty much put money on this. So. Sasha is going to be water off a duck's back about the whole Bailey not rescuing her from that pin kind of thing. Completely understand. Bailey is going to go paranoid. She's going to get more and more paranoid until she eventually attacks Sasha from behind. And the entire thrust of that is going to be, well, I got her before she got me. Yeah. And that's going to start off the feud. Um, that, to me, is the logical way to put this at this and stage then we can have what Sasha Banks so versus Bailey SummerSlam match with Sasha as the face and Bailey as the heel yes and hopefully well they've, they they've done it they've, they've done it in NXT every other flavour matches within this but I don't see it happening yeah I can't I can't see them uh, I, I can see them doing a greatest much. hits <laughs> I can see it being a greatest hits but I can't see it going further than that. Um, whew, all in all, it was a good match for me. Um, I would give it, if we're talking a realistic scale of kind of one to five, then I would give it at least uh, a four and three quarters. If we're talking a Meltzer scale, then it's definitely a 372,468. Yeah, I'd give it a three. Nice. <laughs> On either scale, I on either scale, I assume. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> after that, we had the match that I was looking forward to all weekend, um, which, of course, is the Firefly Funhouse match. Um, the Fiend Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. Jay, tell us about this match. I liked this match. I loved every second of this match. A lot of people um, so, do not I mean, like that... this match because it's not your traditional match. But yeah, but I mean, a lot of people really love it. So you know, there is that. Um, I mean, just uh, if you haven't had the chance to watch it, you should probably just go on YouTube and watch it. But I mean, just to explain it, the match starts off with John Cena um, entering, and then loads of editing um, entering the arena, and it's empty. Um, and he says, "Welcome to WrestleMania." And then, and then, and then, there's editing, 
and all of a sudden he's transported into the Firefly Funhouse. Um, Bray invites him through the door where um, where all ye who enter here must abandon hope. John Cena runs into there. This is followed by um, a section where the Vince McMahon puppet berates John Cena for a little while, um, and then John Cena... Um, John Cena is introduced by Bray Wyatt in his ruthless in his ruthless aggression attire. Bray Wyatt um, and redoes him as the Kurt Angle promo. Yeah, using the Kurt Angle promo from the famous Kurt Angle John Cena match um, with the whole ruthless this aggression. Would be John Cena's John first Cena. match. Um, it wasn't his first, but it was his his first kind of notable I match. So. I suppose is probably the best way to put it. Um, but yeah, he, he, it was all right. Um, that section was fairly good. John Cena could only hit, so it kind of revealed that the fiend um, was capable of controlling John Cena. We then cut to um, Saturday, um, Saturday night's main event promo style thing, um, where Bray Wyatt was in the Bray Wyatt gym um, behind the big blue cage with the Saturday Night Main Event logo, and John Cena was his tag partner and couldn't stop working out, and he worked out so hard that he was unable to hit Bray Wyatt. Um, then we cut to... what happened after that? Um, we then we cut to John Cena as Doctor of Fugonomics. Okay. Oh yeah, no, he had pushed out. Um, yeah, yeah. Doctor Ergonomics did that bit. That was quite good. Yeah, Doctor, F- that was all right. Um, I he did that these nuts line again and rhymed nuts with nuts, um, which irritated me the first time he did it on SmackDown and irritated me this time when he did it because you shouldn't rhyme the same it was, word it was like Um That's a tumbleweed and no one cheering and laughing yeah, to what you're right. saying. Throw him off. Yeah, it kind of fell flat, which was the good thing. Um, it's so. I mean, we're halfway through describing this match already. What were your thoughts about this as a whole? What do you think this match was trying to say? Um. So this was all about John Cena's failures, wasn't it? Basically, mm. and what he could have done differently, and what he should have done. And the theme was trying to show him what he should have done in these situations, or trying to change history in these situations. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that's fair. Um, we got old school Bray. We got old school um, Hawaiian shirt Bray um, from the family as well. After this, with the um, wasn't the NWO part before then? NWO part. It might have been before then. There was an NWO part um, where we flash back to WCW and NWO. Um, John Cena was introduced um, by an Eric Bischoff style. Um, Bray Wyatt and um, he did um, a lot of Hulk Hoganing, I suppose is the best way of putting it yeah you know, he was Hulk Hogan <laughs> in this situation and it was I think it was a fair analogy um, that John Cena Hulk had Hogan become way too big and was holding yeah he was holding down the undercard as a result um, then we get to Bray um, in his old school in his old school um, six years ago, um, family attire, as it were. Um, we got a great piece of work um, with what should have happened, blah de blah de blah 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 um, Vince McMahon said that's good shit, um, because obviously Vince McMahon loves it. 
Um, while well, Vince McMahon's puppet did at least. Um, and Bray offered him either the option of laying down for him um, or alternatively hitting him in the head with a chair. Um, and uh, to me, this is a commentary on what Bray Wyatt wanted to get out of that match and what should have happened in that match if John Cena was that was that invested in the future at the time. Um, and that was really, it was kind of a smart nod to that. Do you feel that this was that? Um, like this was the conversation that we were having? Well, at the time. I mean, the big storyline was that Bray Wyatt wanted to turn John Cena right, heel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and have him finally finish it with a chair. And John Cena just eventually um, reversed his sister. Like, and, and smash him in yeah. the head. I do, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was the that was the brilliance of it is that Bray Wyatt um, Bray Wyatt kind of said there was I could have beat you or you could have alternatively hit me with a chair. Either of those would have been ways to for us both to save face, and neither of those things happened. So now you're repeating history. John Cena goes to swing the chair finally, and Bray Wyatt disappears. The fiend appears behind him and hits the sister Abigail. And Firefly Funhouse Bray counts the three. Um, thoroughly entertained by that. Cut to Titus O'Neil looking really fucking confused at the camera. It was quite clear that he was replacing Gronk specifically for that one reaction, um, which was the funniest moment of the entire thing. Um, fucking love this. Absolutely love this. For me, this was my payoff for the Fiend storyline. All the way. I would have loved to see what they could have done in front of a crowd, but not being able to do that, this was everything I could have hoped for when I first <laughs> saw Bray Wyatt return if to our screens. They, they, they were to ago. have this type of match with the crowd watching it, it wouldn't have gone over well. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I was, think it would have been a different match in an arena. And it would have mm. worked better because it's made for TV. Because if it was at WrestleMania with the, with the live yeah. crowd and everything, it wouldn't have worked as well. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the match would have been the same had it been in front of a live crowd. I think it would have been a very, very different match, and it would have been a very, very different build. Um, I, I would have been interested to see how that match would have gone. But it, I, I understand that said match would have been completely different in style and scope. So, you I mean, we could be, I don't know, I guess, in this situation, we came up with a better match. And no one's gone buried because of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. John Cena has blinked out of existence. Like, that was the culmination of the match, was after def his defeat, John Cena disappeared from the ring. Yes, now, what I would love... what. What I would love to happen would be for him to never make another public appearance again um, in order to really sell blinking out of existence. But I don't feel that... I think his ego is too big and he would have to go to the shops or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure. I'm Much sure like AJ Styles that, did. After... <laughs> Much like AJ it's Styles okay, did after his graveyard match. <laughs> And maybe the disappearing um, was also yeah. a reference to you can't see me. Quite possibly. I 
I mean, there were so many references in this thing. Um, it was so well thought out. For me, this was my highlight of WrestleMania. I mean, that's not to say that it was my favourite match of WrestleMania, but I don't consider this a match, really. It was something wholly unique, and for me, it was the payoff to the Fiend storyline, as far as I'm concerned. Everything he does before or after this point will be compared to that. Um, and it's great to have witnessed it. Um, really is. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Jay, anything that you can say here to at least countermand my sucking of Bray Wyatt's penis? You, you suck away because it was fucking amazing. That match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it's it's. do you think that John Cena's entered the point in his career where he's a little bit more reflective um, about this kind of thing? Because obviously... This was this was a um, like he's in retirement. This was kind of yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this was his last match ever um, at this stage, but I, I know it won't be. But more to the point, I think um, he's nowhere near as protective of his image, and I, I'm wondering if he felt that this was finally returning a receipt for what effectively buried a man's career for six years because it did I'm not going to say that it didn't everybody said the point of Bray Wyatt's career where he jumped the shark in the first instance was his loss to John Cena he should have won that, that's what they said and he should have done, he should have won that feud he only ever won he only ever beat him once at a, a pay-per-view and that was with the help of a fucking six year old he's been clean twice it's Bray Wyatt. You beat him clean in the Elimination Chamber, what? and then you beat him clean on SmackDown after. Elimination Chamber doesn't count. And you beat count. him clean on SmackDown after as well. Mm, but it was too little, too late at that point. That was that was that was three three years ago, four years ago now. But it wasn't. It wasn't of the seismic scale that it needed to be, um, and it wasn't at the time when Bray Wyatt needed it, which was six years ago at WrestleMania. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I genuinely feel that. It was at the end of that feud. I don't, I don't even know if that was WrestleMania, but no, it was at the end of that feud. It was the... So, yeah, that's my that's my thoughts on it anyway. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. it. Was cool, and then Brock Lesnar turned up and did some work. Work. I don't know. He did a few F fives and they got kicked in the face a lot, and then he lost. <coughs> yeah. Poor, poor Bye, Heyman. everybody. It was pretty awesome. Poor Heyman. Yeah, really, Paul Heyman really, was really very good, awesome. but I mean, I, I, I spent most of Brock Lesnar's matches watching Paul Heyman, like. Everything that Paul Heyman does sells it. It does. Um, he did a great. He cut a great promo on night one um, in the um, in, on the pre-show, um, and it was nice and quiet. Obviously, he's been watching some AEW, getting himself some Jake the Snake, and decided to have a go at it. And he absolutely fucking nailed it because um, that was a great promo. And then his work in this match was really, really good. Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre fought a fairly 
quick match here. Um, and Drew McIntyre, spoiler alert, won. Um, it was alright. It wasn't greatest match. Would this, uh, yeah. It was... It was Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman all over again. But slightly better. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Um, it was 4 minutes and 35 seconds. Um... What more can you I say? Like it was to a WrestleMania. It was, was okay. Awesome. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It w- Should the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and John Cena have gone last? I mean, I know that Brock Lesnar would have thrown a Benny about it, but should it I have mean, gone if last? If it was it wasn't pre-taped, then Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre would have gone first. So. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's just one of those things. I. It needed to happen. I feel a little bit disappointed for Drew Drew McIntyre that is um, that is main event moment that is WrestleMania moment happened in front of no one. Um, that's a little bit disappointing. <laughs> um, well, he doesn't seem to have, have much of a problem. Um, in fact. Um, later during the same taping session, he then went and recorded a segment, a match show. with the Big Show on uh, Raw. It was all right. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was that was apparently recorded in the same block of um, tapings. So yeah, it was it was shown on Raw. Yeah, it's the main event. Mm. Yeah. Um, so interesting that was, but um, yeah, no, it was. I, I suppose he. I don't know. I'm, I'm pleased for Drew McIntyre. It's well deserved. Um, he's in the right spot for it. I he's just, I, he's I'm slightly, I'm slightly disappointed. He's better rest of the face. You say? Brock can go, but obviously decided he wasn't going to go for long. <laughs> We're going to have a five minute. Oh yeah, and that's right, that's cool. the. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I always go back to like um, when Brock Lesnar's in the room with you. You do what Brock Lesnar wants to do. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Even if you are Drew McIntyre, <laughs> you know what I mean. He's. I mean, um, I think Seth Rogen. Um, was it Seth Rogen? Josh Rogen? Who's the guy with his pod? The Seth Rogen, isn't it? With the podcast, who smokes weed with Elon Musk? That should, that'd be um, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. There we go. Um, so yeah, Joe Rogan says it best. When you're in a room with Brock Lesnar, you are fully aware at all times that if he wanted to stand there and rape you in the arse with no lube, then not a single human being on the planet could do anything to stop him. And as a result, you are as polite to him as you possibly can be and do everything that he wants. Um, which... <laughs> I imagine is the mentality that everybody who ever faces him goes into a match with. <laughs> because I, I would imagine that once that image has been placed there, it's really hard to not be thinking about it whenever you're in the room with this guy who is the physical body mass of a fucking bull. That's that's the truth behind it, you know. So, yeah, if he wants a five-minute match, he has a five-minute match. But it's just a bit disappointing, and I think... Um, WWE should really be taking this as a good example of a situation where it highlights the problem 
with just passing your titles around in the way that they do. You had your two major titles were with part timers who only put in four minute matches. You know, there's a champion now who will put in the work to do half an hour to forty minute matches for the main events, and he's pretty good at doing them. So, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and you know, there's also a champion who can wrestle with a nine year old if you want him to. So you know, you've got you've got all the pieces you need. WWE. <laughs> I mean, one of them's Kenny Omega, and one of them's Kenny Omega before he was Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely talking about the same person right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you see my point, though. It's it's yeah, I, 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 yeah. They, I'm hoping that we can now is now is the time when WWE get rid of this obsession with Goldberg and Brock Lesnar and the part timers and the. Oh, a big show's coming up, so put it on somebody who's hasn't drawn a house in twenty years, you know. Or oh, it's it's we can't afford Brock Lesnar, so put it on that guy who's not as over as his girlfriend, you know. He can hold it until Roman Reigns decides to come back from isolation. But it's yes, yeah, I'm hoping this has highlighted it because. Let's have a look. Okay. Just in the maths here. Um, so, 4 minutes and 35 seconds, Drew McIntyre defeated Brock Lesnar in. Braun Strowman defeated Goldberg in 2 minutes and 10 seconds. If you combine the lengths of those two matches, it is 6 minutes and 45 seconds. That is only 15 seconds longer than the next shortest match on the card, which is the Street Profits. Cool. I mean, that's appalling. It is. For a WWE Championship match, that is pretty terrible. Yeah, and then they wonder why their titles have absolutely no fucking legitimacy. As a fan, you want to watch a 30-minute to 40-minute match. You you want the story to be told in that match. You yeah. You need the highs, you need the lows. And this is a title change. There needs to be a reason for it, not just because someone got kicked in the face four times. Well, exactly, exactly. Um, and speaking of titles having legitimacy, um, PWI Insider decided to um, clarify their thoughts on what was a legitimate championship. Um, did you see this over the weekend? I have not. Um, yeah, so, sorry, this is Pro Wrestling Torch, I do apologise, um, but yeah, no, 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 it's Pro Wrestling Insider. Pro Wrestling Insider, um, said, just took an, um, let's see if I can get the actual quote here, um, ongoing day after mania, blah de blah de blah de blah de blah 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 um, no, I can't find the exact quote, but the actual quote was, um, basically, they only consider four titles legitimate. Um, in the entire industry, Universal Champion, WWE Champion, IWGP Championship, and Intercontinental Championship. Sorry, it was Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Right. Yeah. Um, I suppose 
tiles mean to you what they mean to you at the end of the day? Well, yeah. Because um, obviously I mean... the progress was legitimate. I would say even Impact Championship is well, actually it's not, is it really? Not anymore. Hmm. But it is. It is legitimate. No, it is. It always has been, really. Yeah, it's saying that kind of thing is absolutely ridiculous. Um, I think um, because first off, what? So you're saying that the only world titles that have any validity are the world titles that um, happen to have hundred year legacies, um, and in the case of the universal title, it doesn't really. Well, no, it's like what six years now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's really just because it could. That's a ridiculous, ridiculous statement to make. Fuck them. Wind your neck in, guys. Um, I think I've ticked most of my boxes. <laughs> <laughs> I got my wind my neck in, sir. Wind your neck in, sir. I've ticked that box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What's so, happened to Taz? Um, well. We'll be able to find out all about what where Taz is and what's going on with Taz, as well as his other companions um, in the Retardis um, over the next few days. Because on Friday, maybe, we will do a special episode that will just tell the whole story. And then from next week, there will be new Taz-centric segments, including um, What the Fuck is Taz Watching Now? Um, where you guess what show Taz is watching. I don't know how we're going to do the theme tune to that um, while he's in lockdown. Um, And, of course, what did Dave Meltzer say about who? Where you have to guess what Dave Meltzer said and who it was about. So, in fact, you just have to make up the whole question. No, no, no. I'll work something out with that. Um, But, yeah, I'm in talks with with these guys. Um, Jesse Jesse wants to do something with robots. I'm not quite sure what yet. Um, And Nigel um, is thinking about maybe doing a few musical numbers um, that are a little bit... (laughs) You know, a little bit chitty chitty bang bang, but about wrestling. But um, that's just kind of a vague idea he's had. So, plenty of stuff there um, to to look forward to coming soon. <laughs> uh, um, right. We're also we're also going to do um, guess where Sonny got a last DUI. Um, that's a good one. We're we're gonna we're gonna do all the places where Sonny has had DUIs. And um, we get, you're going to guess where she was arrested, or she's going to describe the arrest, and then you have to guess where it happened. So yeah, plenty of games happening, plenty of fun. <laughs> um, and if you can also name what she was what, like, might also do, um, and might also do a drinking game with her as well about um, what drinks have been named in her court transcripts. Keeping it tasteful. Excellent. <laughs> so yeah, I plenty know of what I'm researching that. now. <laughs> <laughs> or I might just do something completely off the wall. So you know, um, I mean, these talks are always very fluid with these guys. As you know, they're an eccentric bunch, um, for the most part. Do you want to get in my car? <laughs> <laughs> it's really. I can really do your carburetor. <laughs> Just stick my tongue right in there. <laughs> oh, sunny, everybody. Sunny. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. So make sure you join us for all of that shenanigans to come. Um, Jay, is there a, uh, what what have we got to come up? We've got to do. Um, I mean, there's dynamite coming up on Wednesday. Um, obviously, we probably won't get a chance to record anything to do with that until oh, kind of see, Friday. Um, or can you make it versus Trent? I haven't yet, so please don't spoil. Oh, yeah, I knew we weren't. That. I knew we weren't um, going to do a, um, a, a. I knew we weren't. Do you want to know a, what style it is? Style. Yeah, what style match it is? Go on. It's very New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, I will look forward to that. The no, um, is 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 on his way back. You reckon? Yeah. That is exciting. That is very exciting. As you know, I'm a big fan of Kenny Omega. Um, got a lot of Kenny Omega stuff coming up on Friday's episode, but we've also got loads and loads of um, discussions to have about AEW because we're um, going to have to catch up on AEW. We haven't done an AEW show in a few weeks, so um, that is yeah. cool. Yeah, um, so I, I reckon that's one for really enjoying AEW at the moment. So. I really am as well. I really am. Um, their initial problems seem to have disappeared and they seem to be offering the better no audience product at the moment um whereas wwe right. wwe took a while to lean into it um out of the two of them aw immediately felt more legitimate in that environment i mean i don't want to say that their fans are dicks but <laughs> i mean they, they are a did. bit yeah i, I think they just, just yeah, they they are pretty shit though I mean, it's all very much kind of, oh my god, it's someone I've never seen before, and I don't know who they are, yeah! You know, I don't know, they just all strike me as the kind of people, like, I bet that that front row just literally stinks like an unwashed costume shop, um, like, after Mardi Gras, you know what I mean? Where everyone got coronavirus. Particularly preachers, <laughs> just scouring the news for people to lambast. Should have stayed at home, guys. Should have stayed at home. God Should won't protect you from this. Listen to Trump; he's an idiot. Yeah, Trump's a dick. Um. So yeah. Um. But yeah, no. If if <laughs> if you're into if you're into staying at home, um, to protect the NHS and saving lives, then you can listen to our podcast. But Anyone who's not, um, go die of coronavirus in a field far away from all of my loved ones. Because okay, you're a, everyone. Yeah, you're a dick, <laughs> whoever you are. Um, you hypothetical bastard, you. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, we've had we've had some fun. We've had some laughs. Um, let's let's throw on some let's throw on some music and get the fuck out of here. Um, let's go with. Um, <laughs> Um, oh, I haven't done that one. No, no. I, I just need some music. Um, oh, just, yeah. just play it out with the theme tune, mate. I've lost it. Alright. Oh, there we go. That'll do. Yeah. Um, cool. I need to unhit that mute. I'm going to unhit that mute. There we go. There we go. And then I'm going to turn it up. There we go. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've been listening to WrestleMania. I've been getting progressively drunk. Jay, how's your gin going? Oh, it's gone. <laughs> going, going, <laughs> gone. Oh, beautiful. Get, um, get myself some more gin. 
enjoy your lockdown guys um, it's been really fun for me I'm thoroughly enjoying every second of this and don't want to go to the pub Actually, we've got like 2 minutes 55 seconds. Jay. Yeah. What do you miss most about being free and the not being coronavirus? Well, I mean... Pretty... Too distant from everybody anyway, so... Uh... <laughs> Alright. Well, I don't know, what about pubs? What about no, KFC? No, I do like going to the pub. I do like KFC. But you can, you can make most things that you like in other places at home. Well, yeah, but it's not the same, though, is it? As someone I mean, else cooking for you, like you're a king. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've mostly missed our wrestling nights. That's always a favourite, but... Oh, yeah, um, we missed WrestleMania weekend. That was a bad we, time. Yeah, that was a nightmare. It would have been like, awesome. It would have been great. It would have been great. <laughs> Can't I mean, go outside. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. Before like the I'm, next going to, I'm going to work. We should have done where you're going. I'm going to work. I mean, technically, this is work. Yeah. Been like, work. no one's paying us but this is work why do why do we think of that what people paying us I think we uh, did no. I don't think it worked you could have told the police you're going to work um, technically it was the truth in this it would have only been <laughs> the truth in that I've got Microsoft Teams on my phone <laughs> <laughs> so but um yeah no that would have worked that would have worked um so what are your hopes and dreams for the next year in wrestling? Other than the fact that the audience get invited again. That um, independent wrestling hasn't died because of it? Yeah, that would be a bastard because independent wrestling kicks ass. Um, yeah, we should probably um, probably do something on indie wrestling soon. We might do some on indie wrestling. It's kind of getting to that part of the year where there's a bit of a lull in wrestling. Um, so yeah, we should probably... In, in mainstream wrestling so we should probably do some of that but anyway anyway shout out to Mitch <laughs> Mitch you motherfucker yeah you, you know, you know what happened last time Mitch yeah risky risky um, and obviously a shout out to the retardist 17 who are currently floating around above our heads keeping us all safe at night in ways that I haven't thought of yet. See you later, guys. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, yeah, Just remember, you. wherever you are, there you are. Wherever you go, there you are, yes. yes that's wherever what you go, where you, there you are. Is that, yes, that that's one? it. That's All right. the one. That's the one. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.